And now, the one who shall once again assume the path of righteousness. I will see you, all of your kind, and any who seek to protect you, burn for all eternity in the fiery pit. The Demo Goblin. Aloha, bienvenidos, and welcome to Noob Island, a place for nerdy fun, friendships, and learning. I'm Professor T. And I'm Professor Z. Much like the starting zone of many video games, the goal of our island resort is to teach visiting noobs about geeky subjects, but away from the stress of having to worry about sweaty tryhards, griefers, know-it-alls, or neckbeards. We like to think of it as learning and luxury. Noob? Yes, Professor? Tell the rest of the class something about yourself, your name, and what you're here to learn about. Goodness. Uh... My name is uh, Mackenzie. We're here to learn about magic in the Marvel Universe. Uh, I don't have a fun fact today. <laughs> You're getting married in two weeks. Yeah, we're getting married. I'm getting married not in two weeks. weeks. We're not we're married. married. <laughs> we're all getting married in two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> Who knew this podcast could inspire love? <laughs> also, like, also not me. <laughs> There's just weird power issues there. I'm, I'm your professor. <laughs> You're my boss. <laughs> Anytime you watch like old '60s television, and they're like, "Oh, this is my wife. She was my student, and we fell in love." I'm like, "Oh, you're not a good teacher, are mm-hmm. you?" Like, mm-hmm. well, anyway, with that in mind, Professor Z, <laughs> what's our lesson for today? It's really the demon mop up this episode. Um, it is various characters who were mentioned. For the most part, various characters who were mentioned throughout this and me going, maybe I should look a little deeper into those. These are mostly demons who haven't reached Hell Lord status, but appear often enough to get mentioned. So we will be covering in order from weakest to most powerful, because it's a wild little difference in power, the Demo Goblin, Lilith, Mother of Demons, Shuma Gorath, and the One Below All. Uh, One Below All almost got his own episode. There's not enough for him in there. And also, we would have just made you read all of Immortal Hulk. Yeah. And that's a lot of issues. It would have been like 50 issues. 50 really good. I I know the comic recommendation stuff comes up later on, but Immortal Hulk is one of the best comics of the 21st century and the best Hulk story ever. Read it. I will. <laughs> I mean, really, read. If we ever do Patreon or something like that, maybe we'll do a bonus episode where we discuss that series. But first, we're going to do probably the saddest demon that we've ever talked about, <laughs> the Demo Goblin. Dun, dun, dun. Also, I was originally going to put in Nightmare and the Fear Lords in here, but they are all... They're not just pathetic, but they're boring. Okay, Nightmare is a Doctor Strange villain... And he's supposed to be, like, one of the big ones, and he didn't come up once in our Doctor Strange episode. Despair looks really cool, but is less powerful nightmare, which means just kind of sad. I guess that goes with the name. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, who knew he was talking about himself? (laughs) But 
First, the Demo Goblin, or as they're known today, the Dima Goblin. So the Demo Goblin was originally Jason Mackendale Jr., the, I think, second Hobgoblin. The secret identity of the Hobgoblin wasn't actually answered for like 15 years. Oh. So the... The, the, the various identities that came up over the years are really complicated, so we're just going to go with the second Hobgoblin. Sure. Now, during the Inferno event, which we will probably run later on in this series, where a bunch of demons attack New York, Jason Mackendale, who is not doing great as the Hobgoblin, because he kind of sucks, not a great Hobgoblin. He used to be a villain called the Jack-O-Lantern <laughs> before stealing... The Hobgoblin stuff and just deciding that, oh god, it's not <laughs> great. Uh, and after getting repeatedly punked by both Spider-Man and the Harry Osborn Green Goblin, so the bad Green Goblin, <laughs> um, he just goes to the demon Nestire and offers to sell his soul in exchange for power. When Nestire stops laughing, because Hobgoblin's soul is worth so little that it's not worth this deal. <laughs> That's sad. Uh... He decides that his moxie, basically, is worth something, even if his soul isn't worth Jack, and decides to give him demonic powers. Good for him. Not really. <laughs> he gets massive physical strength, superhuman speed and endurance, and various demon-looking things, and his hobgoblin face becomes his actual face. Owie. Uh, this is also during the period where the hob... You'll see it sometimes. I think it came up in Ghost Rider... Because Hobgoblin appeared there, mm -hmm. where he's got the full-on, like, venom tongue mm -hmm. and stuff going on there. That's pretty this cool period, yes. Yeah. Um, eventually, however, because his demon half and his Jason Mackendale half could not get along, they split into two separate beings. Jason Mackendale goes on to become the world's saddest goblin, and there's been some really lame goblin characters in Marvel. He just gets, like, a robot eye and a laser gun, and then is uh, quickly killed while in prison by the original Hobgoblin, who got <laughs> oh. tired of Jason McIndale making him look like a punk. Bespurging his name. Yes. <laughs> I'm here to kill Straight you. up was like, I'm the real Hobgoblin, and the uh, original Hobgoblin came out of retirement to shoot him in prison. <laughs> you know, that's amazing. Because he's like, you're really sad. You make, you I'll kill you with <laughs> your own gun. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much. But uh, Demo Goblin goes on to look pretty awesome, but really not do anything that exciting. He still has the whole Hobgoblin motif, except the skin is much more yellow, and he now wears, depending on the artist, black or blue, with uh, red highlights for his costume. Uh, the the demon that granted the Demo Goblin its powers, though, Nastir, is kind of interesting. Also, not much there, but does have some command of the techno-organic virus. Interesting. And uh, is the demon that helped Madeline Pryor get her kid back? Nastir is primarily an X-Men character, so there's a whole lot involved in that. And we will, as I said, probably be covering Inferno, but I'm kind of thinking towards the end of Magic in the Marvel Universe, we might hit some of the, like, big crossover events. So stuff like Inferno, um, Chaos War, those are kind of the two big ones. But, mm -hmm. you know, uh, th enough happens in Inferno that it's going to get its own episode, but there's not, it, it's kind of a weird one to put, find a placement mm. for. Yeah. 
But anyways, the Demo Goblin, and this part I could not find a fully straight answer on, so I don't really know why, but the Demo Goblin is a religious fanatic, desperate to redeem himself. That's how we saw him in the church. Yes, episode. same thing. Yeah. Uh, Hobgoblin does it that way, and then when they split, Demo Goblin keeps it up, but more murderous. He's very murderous. He has no interest in uh, wealth or position or anything like that. He just wants to punish the guilty and destroy all sinners. And in the process of destroying simmer, sinners, not simmers, redeem himself. However, his definition of sinner is pretty much anyone who's not a kid. That I know. So there's a whole lot of murder going down. Uh, when Carnage gathered along basically a murderous, super-powered Manson family in the Maximum Carnage crossover, they recruit the Demo Goblin. That's a that's a sentence. Wow. <laughs> Maximum Carnage is like the most 90s that's story of all time. I just imagined red, blue, and black. <laughs> <laughs> Carnage... Shriek, who's a lady that kind of looks like a Kiss groupie that has psych or sonic powers. The Spider Doppelganger, who is an evil Spider-Man doppelganger with, like, four arms and razor webs! Does Shriek do, like, weird... She screams. ...underground fights and, like, with weird people? I think I remember watching something. She screams. Yeah. She uh, shrieks. Yeah. <laughs> Possibly. Really, I mean, she straight up just looks like a Gene Simmons groupie. Um, nothing wrong with that, but as I said, it's very 90s. <laughs> and the Demo Goblin, who flies around. Oh yeah, also, that's the thing I forgot to mention. Demo Goblin has all of the traditional Green Goblin, Hobgoblin power set, except it's all mystical-based. So instead of a grenade with a pumpkin theme, it's actual exploding pumpkins. <laughs> that's actually really cool. Uh, yeah, it's pretty sweet. <laughs> um, instead of a robotic backlighter, it is a fire bat. Mm -hmm. that he flies around on. I think there's like a skeleton base to it that's on fire, but usually in the comics it just looks like a fire, a fire bat. bat. He'd be a good tutorial boss. Yes. <laughs> he also is something out of Legend of Zelda, like one of the annoying <laughs> mid-level bosses. Yeah. Like, oh, I've been dealing with fire keys this whole time. Oh, good. There's a big one that someone's riding. <laughs> oh, it'd be so much fun if we get to kick the Demo Goblin's butt in that um, Midnight, Midnight Suns, Suns game. Oh, it'd be perfect, too. Uh, but anyways, he joins Carnage in their citywide slaughter fest, really, is the best term for it. Uh, however, he deplores Carnage's lack of discipline. Because Carnage just wants to murder. Demo Goblin wants to murder to redeem himself, which is... You know, actually, it, the, you know, the 90s deals with a lot with serial killers, and there was a whole lot of... Um, oh, I can't think of the term for it, but serial killers who think they're acting on behalf of God. Missionary killers. Mm. <laughs> so he's sense. he's a missionary killer, but an actual demon missionary killer. That's ironic. Uh, on Halloween night one year, Demo Goblin besieges the unholy Library of Ran. I don't know what that is. I could not find this. It just comes up here. While purging various cultists and exterminating all of their defenses, he's interrupted by a loud, high-pitched, ear-piercing scream and disappears in a flash of cosmic energy. I like, it's just sentences I like saying. I like how the sentence says, purging cultists. Oh yeah, no, he's just straight up murdering like Satanists. <laughs> I'm purging thee. In whatever the unholy library of Ran is, but it does sound like a pretty fun D&D module. 
Yeah, yeah it does. <laughs> or another fun bar to go to. Demo Goblin finds himself sitting on a throne underneath a subway station in San Francisco, surrounded by little green goblins. And when I say little green goblins, I just mean like goblins, not like mini Norman Osborns. <laughs> Though, that would be definitively better. <laughs> I was about to say that's 100 times better. <laughs> Don't tell Harry. And is an absolute missed opportunity. <laughs> just, Poor Harry. Just tons of little. No one ever wants to tell Harry anything. <laughs> Did they all scream that high pitched voices? Don't tell Harry. Don't tell. Theoretically, Harry's dead at the time this came out. That's but fair. I tried to explain some of the Mephisto Harry plot in our Mephisto episode, and I, hmm, I don't get it still. It's, it's better for him if he's dead. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> it's a good thing. The goblins had decided that Demo Goblin was going to be their leader. So Demo Goblin leads them to Alcatraz prison where he confronts both Venom and Morbius. Why are they in prison? They're just in San Francisco. But why are they? Okay. <laughs> to be honest, I don't know. Maybe they're on like a buddy day adventure to like Alcatraz. tour the prison. No, really, it's a bunch of goblins started appearing in Alcatraz prison. They're like... We should go deal with that. This was, I believe, during the Venom Lethal Protector miniseries. One of the first Venom series where Venom just decides that he's going to be the guardian of San Francisco. Mm. That's but terrifying. he is a lethal protector. <laughs> I don't think I'd enjoy that. No, it's a lot of murder. Actually, it's... <laughs> I mean, the, the book sounds awesome, but in real life, you'd be like... Eh. <laughs> if you like Venom, it's a very important first series, and it's by a guy named David Michelin who created Venom and is a very important creator for Marvel in the like late 80s, early 90s, but it's okay. During the battle, Demo Goblin throws a pumpkin bomb, which explodes a section of the wall, exposing sunlight on both Morbius and the various goblins. Morbius isn't killed, though he is injured, and the goblins are um, immediately murdered by sunlight. Just vaporized. Just whoops. <laughs> My kids. Grabbed by Venom and thrown several yards outside the prison, Demo Goblin manages to summon his glider and escapes. However, Morbius and Venom nearly ruin his real plans, as he views these goblins as nothing more than heretics, and he really just wants to murder all of the tiny little goblins that summoned him to be their goblin king. He uses the goblins to uh, locate a necklace that had been used to summon said goblins by the newly elected mayor of San Francisco, Charles Palantine who I guess wanted a goblin invasion for reasons that I don't fully understand. Probably to, I don't know, martial law or something Politics. Like yeah. Demo Goblin steals the necklace away uh, and orders the goblins to send Palantine on, uh, to hell. He then uses the necklace's near godlike power to grow 50 feet tall and then leads the remaining goblins to the Golden Gate Bridge, where he orders them all to dive into the bay and drown themselves. Figuring that he's done his job, he tosses the necklace over the bridge and allows it to dissolve. He's then returned to normal size. Uh, Venom and Morbius come to, I guess, thank him for saving San Francisco from the goblin invasion. And he just uh, laughs and leaves and goes home to New York. He has no idea what he just did. He's just like, whatever, that was fun. I, know, I was 50 feet tall for a moment, and I killed a bunch of goblins. I just this was a good day for Demo Goblin. <laughs> I just ordered a species of goblins to drown themselves, and they did it. Demo Goblin eventually forgives Mackendale for his sins and forcing him to become the hobgoblin combo thing they were, which pisses off Mackendale, and he decides he's just going to go kill Demo Goblin once and for all. They get into the battle in a church, but a pillar of the church starts to give way and threaten a nearby child. Gonna, you know, fall on it. 
Demo Goblin holds the pillar up long enough for the child to escape, but is crushed to death when his strength gives out. And that's all that we see of Demo Goblin for like 15 years until about two years ago. When he suddenly returns! Carnage is doing his various Carnage things trying to become the new god of symbiotes. Uh, we covered this a little in some of the Ghost Rider episodes, don't worry about it. Point is, he is tearing the spines out and eating them of everyone who has ever had a symbiote on before. Crunchy noodles. <laughs> That's an exact quote. <laughs> <laughs> this includes Shriek, because she had once had the Scorn symbiote attached. However, he then uses Shriek's body to... Uh, revive Demo Goblin, now known as Dima Goblin, <laughs> as basically his two best buds in one. Wait. Like his girlfriend and his buddy all are now one person, the Dima Goblin. <laughs> and immediately starts making out with her. Waste not, want not, I suppose. Immediately starts making out with her. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, Dima Goblin and the Man Wolf, who has been infected by a symbiote. Man Wolf being J. Jonah Jameson's son, the astronaut John Jameson, who found a rock on the moon that turns him into a werewolf. <laughs> he will come up briefly soon in our like werewolf stuff, but he's not. I don't think he's magic based, so I don't know enough to say for sure. We will yeah. talk about Man Wolf, but not significantly. Werewolf by night is the more important wolf by significant margins. I guess that makes sense. The full moon makes werewolves turn into werewolves, so why not go to the moon and turn into a werewolf? <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> Anyways, Demogoblin and Manwolf hunt down Misty Knight, who had escaped from Carnage, uh, but she is able to radio for help. Manwolf and uh, Demogoblin end up facing off the various heroes that come to rescue Misty. However, Manwolf recovers his, sense, his senses because he's not actually a bad dude. He just gets possessed a lot. Uh, beats up Dima Goblin and all of the heroes escape. Next time we see the Dima Goblin, she is now referring to herself as Saint D and has taken over an old church where she's recruiting homeless children into a cult based on her own messed up version of Christianity. She's created a Christian murder cult. Honestly, they're way more common than you would think they are. <laughs> but usually not by a goblin demon possessing the literal spineless body of a dead lady with shrieking-based powers. Usually. Usually. No, that sounds normal. What are you talking about? That's like, you, a, that's like a one estate thing. Yeah, usually it's like Jonestown, but this time it's that. Um, Jonestown. Oh, my God. A pair of elderly serial killers who have been preying on homeless children attempt to abduct one of Dima Goblin's uh, killers. Not killers, cultists. God, I am having trouble today. Uh, Dima Goblin captures and kills them and then faces off against the NYPD because she got into a battle with elderly serial killers. You know, this, this makes sense. That's Dima Goblin. <laughs> That's everything. Jeez. Oh, do you have a Oh, thing no, I was just going to say, uh, Manwolf, not supernatural. Oh, okay. Also, the elderly serial killers are just known as the creeps. That's all we really need. Yeah, that's, that's all I needed. Yeah. The creeps. All right. This brings us to Lilith, mother of demons, whose whole shtick is that she takes that whole mother of demons things super seriously. Also, she's very bad at her job. She's very bad at her job. Mostly, she just has babies. That's relative. <laughs> Lilith, queen of evil, 
Mother of Demons, also known as Jesus. There's a lot of names. Okay. Knight Rider. <laughs> Anyways, uh, the Demon Mother, the Vampire Goddess. So Lilith is basically the Lilith from the Bible. Mm -hmm. And so as such, there are various versions of her story that she has presented. So this is another one of those where you're like, how did that work? She's that. Hmm. Well, Lilith from not the Bible Bible. Yes. From, I don't actually know what she's from, the original. Uh, world, but Different uh, Gnostic texts? The Gnostic texts get wild, too. So, as that, we have three different origins of Lilith before we even get to what she is. One version has her as a member of the Heavenly Host uh, and the wife of Satan. In this version, Samael, who became Satan. Everyone's got to have something. So I don't think Marduk Kurios, but also possible. I mean, it is Satan. Could be. And he is Satan. Okay, anyways. Uh, however, she's part of the rebellion, and when they lost, she's cast down to hell alongside Lucifer, Asmodeus, Pazuzu, and Samael, and various others. However, since Samael, I think it's Samael, I'm sorry for anyone who actually pays attention to That's these it. things. <laughs> I was raised extremely yeah. agnostic. You're saying you're right. Yeah, now you're good. Uh, you were just going to let me keep going. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Samael is considered a failure by Lilith, so she abandons him to seek her own future. This is the theory that the Vatican believes in and likes to tell everybody. The other version is that she, uh, that Earth was formerly populated, and this is, I believe, the version that she tells. Earth was originally populated by women who were all passion and men who were all lust. I don't quite know what that means, but, you know, it sounds like it was pretty horny. An earth god, possibly Yahweh himself, <laughs> crushes that world and plucks two souls whom he rebirths on uh, earth, where passion is chained and innocence is set free. Yes, I'm quoting a lot more than I usually do, but these are just really good sentences. Wow, that's wild. <laughs> uh, he creates the first man, Adam, who does go on to mess with Ghost Rider a bunch. So it kind of makes sense that he was married to Lilith, if we think about it this way. And woman, Lilith. However, Lilith leaves Adam in, I believe, the actual, I think, still Gnostic tale. Uh, she refuses to submit to Adam, so Eve is created. But in this version, she just ditches Adam because he's a bummer. I'm fine with both. She goes to the devil, who might be Samael, but is probably Mephisto, according to her, who she conceives many children. However, the devil eventually grows bored of her and casts her out of hell, which is a Supes Mephisto move, if we're being honest. Uh, and then the final one is that she is possibly the daughter of Ariman, who is a... God, how do you pronounce that religion? Zor Zoroastrianism? Mm -hmm. Zoroastrianism, yeah. Uh, God. Uh, same as like Uhura Mazda, which is basically the Achaemenid Persians. Although I do believe it's still practiced today in some places. It's old school religion. Probably is. I don't know if it's still practiced today, but it was practiced until recently, worst case scenario. It'll pop up again. Probably. Uh, even Thor and Valkyrie have no idea who her, what her real origin story is, because she's just told so many of them over the years. However, whether she was created for this specifically or not, she did in fact seduce Adam the First Man, theoretically becoming his first wife and producing many children by the name of the Mazakim. There will be a lot of, and then she had children, known as the Blank. Blur mm -hmm. in this story. Uh, however, she finds Adam's companionship oppressive and just ditches him. 
three people who are either angels or people claiming to be angels, depending on the story, show up and murder the Mazakim, and in response, Lilith, super sad, flees, flees to the demon cities under the Red Sea, which could be the deviant cities from, like, the Eternal stories, but I don't actually know for sure. Angry with humanity because they killed all her kids, Lilith vows that humanity will suffer forever at the hands of her future children. Uh, Lilith infiltrates humanity throughout its early days, sometimes as mortal or sorceress, sometimes basically as a succubus, although succubus do descend from her. And she's in Atlantis 20,000 years ago, opposing the original Order of the Midnight Suns. I have not yet found anything on the original Order of the Midnight Suns. They probably were just mentioned, like, in passing, and people just kind of latched onto it. But I'm going to see if I can find more for a later episode. Uh, she is possibly a member of Varney's original section, sect of Darkholders, people who used the Darkhold, a major mystical grimoire that we have talked about, that uh, and helped create the first vampires. Nice. She's busy. Yeah. Uh, she is known as the queen or goddess of vampires at various times. Basically, if there's a monster, she's probably given birth to it. <laughs> That's what I'm getting It's going to come up a lot, yeah. <laughs> she has either fought or banged most... Ancient heroes. And those are the only two options you have. Which actually fits with most stories of ancient heroes, yeah. <laughs> However, she is eventually imprisoned inside the corpse of the dragon-like Tiamat, yes. or Leviathan, by Atlantean mages prior to the fall of Atlantis. Now again, this is Robert E. Howard's call Atlantis. This is not Atlantis under the ocean ruled by Namor Atlantis. Uh, the fall of Atlantis was approximately 18,000 years ago. No, 20,000 years ago in 18,000 BCE, just to give reference. Hmm. However, another account says that she was cut up and her remains were scattered across the earth by three angels, Sinoi, Sansinoi, and Samangal. Isn't that what happened to Cain? Never mind. It happens to a lot of people. <laughs> a lot of people. However, despite both of these accounts, and she will mention, and I'm going to go generally with the Leviathan one because she talks about it in what we read this mm -hmm. one, at least briefly. However, despite these, she continues to have stories across the earth. Now, it is at one point implied that basically her spirit is free to wander the earth. Okay. So it is possible that it's just, you know, like her astral projecting while stuck within Tiamat, as opposed to just... Yes, she broke out a couple of times. I mean, if Merlin can do it, so, she can, so can she, I suppose. That does come up. As the gods of Atlantis were forgotten, Lilith secreted herself among the Mesopotamian gods known as the Anunnaki. Now, the Mesopotamians had about 150 gods. Like, they had gods for everything. Partly because they were several discollected city-states, and partly because they existed for thousands of years. So it just had time to build up. Uh, with some saying that she became one of the... God, I don't know if I'm going to pronounce this correctly. The Lilitu? A race of female wind demons affiliated with the Anunnaki who terrorize children and women while seducing young men. Which, again, seems pretty up her alley. <laughs> yeah. Or possibly she deteriorated into a storm demon, abducting unbaptized children and visiting men in their dreams. <laughs> <laughs> you're not baptized, you're mine. <laughs> I don't, I just... Okay, so I've read that sentence several times. <laughs> yeah. In prepping for this. I don't know if they baptized people in the Mesopotamia. I don't know, like... <laughs> I don't think so. 
I mean, because when we talk about baptizing, we think of, you know, what, like the Catholics. But, yeah. like, that's, I don't know. Like, Christian, <clears throat> Protestant. A lot of Christian stuff <clears throat> comes from much older sources, which is why some of the legends get so hog wild. Don't you kid? I don't think that the early forms of Judaism had baptism either. I don't know. I don't think that. I do not know. The things that I didn't realize I probably should have looked up. I spent like 30 minutes just trying to read the names of the various Lillian, but did not come up with this at all. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, during this time, however, she, speaking of the Lillian, she begins to conceive powerful lines of children, including the Lillian, the Dijin, the Incubi, and the Succubi. Her lovers, husbands, and or consorts, so, you know, people she slept with, include the angel Shemhazai, the fertility god Addis, Zeus, <laughs> and according to her at one point, the Judeo-Christian God. I mean, if Zeus is getting it. She seduced <laughs> Jesus. Big G God. <laughs> Jesus' dad. Yeah. And Jesus, they're the same thing. <laughs> yeah. I don't understand the Christian religion enough to have any comment on that. Oh, so there was a dove there. It was weird. As I said, she had enemies of pretty much every famous person from the Bible uh, and ancient legends. She, many of whom she tricked into fathering more children with her, including Gilgamesh, the, you know, first, the, the greatest king of Uruk, and in the Marvel Universe, an Eternal. So... In a Final Fantasy, a time-traveling swordsman who beats everybody. Okay, it has nothing to do with what we're talking about, but if you ever get the chance to read Gilgamesh, it is the wild adventure of two bisexual himbos just going out and... Oh, heck yeah. ...messing around and finding out. <laughs> like, <laughs> everything bad is absolutely their own fault, but um, <laughs> it is great. She challenges Solomon, the banisher of demons, who he banished many of the Lilin, so that didn't really work out well for him. Hence his book. While disguised, disguised as her daughter, the Queen of Sheba... Uh, and then she also conceived by Solomon, and she bedeviled the prophet Elijah. <laughs> I hate you, Ephesians. <laughs> A millennium later, she reigns in the ruins of Rome and swears the death of all newborns of humanity. Now, I know Rome burned down several times, but I don't think there was ever just, like, Rome is an abandoned ruined city, like that makes it sound. No. Right. Also, she's been swearing that since time immemorial. A lot. Yeah, this is not new. Not it's new. just, hey, I'm hanging out in the charred remains of Rome. <laughs> Gotta kill all the kids. Uh, however, in 12th century Asia, she's trapped in a bottle by a midwife. Good for the midwife. That's, that's, a, that's a big task. There's not even a, like, source or link to that. I don't know anything <laughs> about that. It just is, here be. we are. She's dead. Good, <laughs> she could. A century later, Joseph de la Reina thought to summon the Messiah, a.k.a. Jesus, by battling Lilith and her latest consort, the demon Asmodeus, with whom she has spawned many demonic offspring because, again, mother of demons. Many of them are slain by the uh, agents of heaven, but Reina is easily defeated and transformed into a dog by Lilith. Hmm. Uh, in modern times, she emerges from the body of Tiamat, who had settled in northern Greenland. She murders a group of scientists led by Dr. Philip Henderson and Dr. Adam Brigman Murdered. that had come to inspect the strange creature. Being like, what is that? Murdered is oh, something's nice coming term. out of it. Oh, no. He, you ate my This friend. day's getting worse. <laughs> oh, God. What are you? Wanting to know what happened to the Lillin and learn more about the modern world, she begins scrying and discovers that most of the Lillin are dead. She summons the survivor, but only Pilgrim answers the call. She then attempts to seduce Danny Ketch in his dreams, uh, but when that fails, she asks Nightmare to attack both him and Johnny Blaze. She sends Fang after, Morbi after Morbius, 
assassins to murder Victoria Montesai and tricks the Night Stalkers into attacking Blaze and Ketch. She and her Lillian increase their attacks as the dimensional barriers protecting Earth are weakened, and the Midnight Suns join forces to oppose them. During this time, Doctor Strange shows up a couple of times and threatens her, but can't actually go to war with her because... They're all I mean, mumbo jumbo. <laughs> the the barriers between heaven and hell, earth and hell are weak, and if he goes to war with the mother of demons, it'll just break him. Mm-hmm. So instead, he makes Ghost Rider do it. Which is a good choice. Yes. She ba- uh she allies with Centurios, a ally or not an ally, a exact opposite of an ally, an enemy of Zarathos. <laughs> <laughs> been a long day guys however as soon as Zarathos is revived she immediately turns in on Centurios and breeds with uh, with Zarathos did I say that right allied with Centurios until Zarathos comes back turns on Centurios allies with Zarathos has has a baby with Zarathos yeah tracks yep yep. okay you're you're good (laughs) there's a lot of thoses in that sentence honestly don't really know what happens there the midnight sunline was canceled relatively quickly uh, the next time I could find that we see her is in Witches. Oh, yeah. <laughs> where she is attempting to gain the power of the Hellfear and making fun of Strange because uh, of, well, everything to do with Witches. She produces a Lillian to attack the Witches. However, they are defeated by uh, Jennifer Kale. Then she later gets into an actual fight with Doctor Strange because I guess apparently the rules of we can't fight or we'll destroy the barriers between Hell and Earth just don't really apply anymore. She's shortly after imprisoned extra-dimensionally by the Fairy King Oberon in the quote-unquote universe where supernatural evil originally came from, along with Satanish, Satorak, Umar, and Merlin. <laughs> He's where he belongs. Okay. However, <laughs> Merlin is able to oh, no. get Pete Wisdom to open up the, uh, I guess, Hell Gates? The, just the gates. Yeah. We read this in Captain Britain in the MI-13. And everything comes out, yep. Mm-hmm. And everything comes out, including... <laughs> what a... Lilith. What a slime ball. <laughs> <laughs> He's the worst of them all. Where she immediately teams up with Dracula, which is really confusing because there is a vampire related to Dracula, also named Lilith. Interesting. But is not part of the story, but did lead to confusion for a long time. I just thought she was straight up... A vampire for I mean, most of my childhood. She, I guess she's part vampire because she gave birth to them. I guess. Um, and she becomes a Viscountess of the Vampire Nation, including setting up the uh, vampire base on the moon and providing ray shielding to keep the solar rays from burning up all the vampires. So the the other Lilith, once uh, writers started to pay attention to it more, is usually referred to more as her full name, Lilith Drake, or as Lily Lily Drake. Mm, yeah, okay. That's a good idea. Mm-hmm. When the vampires attack Britain, Lilith uses her powers to cast a barrier, isolating Britain from the rest mm. of the world, but then was engaged in battle by Captain Britain, where she is just soundly defeated. There's a complicated thing that's not really worth going into, because eh, we'll cover it more in vampire stuff, and we've read that in the past, mm. but she's beaten by Captain Britain. The vampire's army starts bursting into flames because they entered Britain uninvited and an entire spell protecting Britain as home was set up. (laughs) uh, And they retreat back to the moon. They're pursued there by Megan and Captain Britain, Megan being his 
awesome shape-shifting wife, uh, until Lilith is repelled back to hell because she just can't catch a freaking break, because again, she's just not very good. When the Avatar of Death disappears, thanks to the various machinations of Deadpool and Thanos, because they are currently battling over which one is her paramour. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, now this all makes more sense. Deadpool versus Thanos is a yeah. wild story. Uh, Lilith allies herself with Mephisto, possibly her ex based off this story, as he wages a war against the other demon lords, including Satana, Pluto, and Satanish. They do this a lot, so mm. it's not a big deal, but... It's like a Friday thing. While her Lilin are successful against Satanish's legion, she criticizes the efficiency of Mephisto's tormented generals. That's Lilith. <laughs> okay. She's got kind of a cool head. It's got kind of like flamey things coming out of the top. Yep. Oh, actually, no, there is one more thing, because she was appearing in the Ghost Rider series that we read in um, uh, uh, the very first Ghost Rider stuff we did, where she is attempting to take over Hell, now that Mephisto is gone, from Johnny Blaze. She gains herself a new form where she's kind of a rockabilly chick, and she has a bunch of demons on mopeds stalking Johnny Blaze. Yep. He is eventually convinced to return the crown of hell to Mephisto because they know how to deal with Mephisto. Lilith in charge of all of hell would be dangerous. Too yeah. much of a wild card. Also, because that series got canceled extremely abruptly. Also, it's not out yet, but she is set to be the primary antagonist in the upcoming Marvel's Midnight Suns video game. which right. Spelled S U N S. Yes. Which Later is supposed year, to be coming out uh, in October, I believe, is what the last leak said. We might see if we can figure out a way to do an episode on that game. It, it doesn't really fit with our usual <laughs> stuff, but uh, it looks pretty sweet. It Yeah, it's set in its own um, universe. It's not Marvel 616. Mm -hmm. But your character, the player character, seems to be the daughter a of Lilith. Lilith. Interesting. So that would give you options to do anything you want. I like that. Or player agency. But there's also a bunch of other playable characters, because I think they just announced, like, Spider-Man and Blade. And... Well, it's a it's a team. Mm -hmm. It's, like, it's tactical. It's like XCOM, except it's Marvel. Yeah. So. But, like, you have a you character. And I think your character might have to be on every mission. Which makes sense. It's the rest of the team that... Interchangeable. Changes. This brings us to Shuma Gorath. The Lord of Chaos, the Many-Angled One, or one of the Many-Angled Ones. Shumagorath is technically an H.P. Lovecraft character, which is why when he appears in Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, he is uh, renamed Gargantos, who is another character that looks almost identical, but was a Namor character. He's not Lovecraft. I believe he is Robert E. Howard. Oh, if no, he, you're right. He is. He's uh, Robert e., from Robert E. Howard's short story, The Curse of the Golden Skull. Because if he was Lovecraft, he'd be public domain. Which features a dying magician named Rotath, invoking the iron-bound books of Shuma Gorath. Uh, yep, he's owned by Heroic Signatures, who owns the Conan stuff. Uh, I see how I thought he was Robert E. Howard, or H.P. Uh, uh, Lovecraft, especially because those two were writing buddies mm -hmm. who worked elements of each other's stuff into each other's stories. Yes. Shumagorath is a big eyeball thing with a lot of tentacles coming out. That's, that's normal. That, that's what he is. He's, he's think of an elder being H.P. Lovecraft, old one's god, and that's kind of what we got. 
During Earth's prehistory, he rules the world and demands human sacrifice until he's eventually banished by the time-traveling sorcerer, Sissy Neg. However, he returns during the Hyborian Age, which is the Age of Conan, but is imprisoned within a mountain by the power of the god Krom. Shumagorath continues to be an influence on Earth, though, until it's returned to its home dimension, again, by Krom. Which is a little wild, because usually Krom is of the school of take care of your own problems and just come hang out with me in the afterlife if you're tough enough. Mm. He's a kind of toxic masculinity of the god, but here we are. Thousands and thousands of years later, the Entity attempts to return to Earth through the mind of the Ancient One. And Doctor Strange is forced to kill Yao, the Ancient One, to prevent this. Which is where he becomes the Sorcerer Supreme. Years later, Strange battles Shumagorath in its own home dimension, and although victorious, he eventually becomes a new version of the Entity. It's a really wild story that was almost what we read for Doctor Strange, where Doctor Strange succumbs to dark magics, and even loses the ability to use the Eye of Agamotto because he's not pure enough. Interesting. And spends a while with, like, long, flowing blonde hair and an eye patch. It's a weird series. Strange. Mm -hmm. Strange commits suicide to prevent this from happening and is resurrected by an ally. Sorcerer Nicholas Scratch, who is the son of Agatha Harkness. Okay. He chose, there's no way he didn't choose that name for himself. Even Agatha's <laughs> not that, like, on the nose about things. Summons Shumagorath to Earth, but is driven back by the combined efforts of Doctor Strange, the Fantastic Four, the Salem Seven, who is a bunch of other of uh, Agatha Harkness's kids, and the villain Diablo. <laughs> a devil? He might get mentioned in one of those. There's a few of these characters that are like magic-based supervillains, but aren't demons that might come up in a little bit. I don't know. Diablo is an alchemist. Okay. He kind of sucks. Okay. He wears a bunch of purple and green, and he's got a big-ass mustache. You now know everything there is to know about <laughs> Diablo. Excellent. <laughs> Shumagorath is eventually revealed to be one of the four undying extra-dimensional multi-angled ones. Uh, and he's part of a... Wow, I love this show sometimes because I get to read sentences like this. He's guiding a metaphysical invasion of... Uh, from a dimension called the Cancerverse, in an attempt to destroy death itself. All right. The Cancerverse is a world where death does not exist. Okay. It actually comes up in some of the big cosmic stories. Nothing good happens in that world, though, because it's, I mean, cancer is just cells growing out of control. I mean, mm -hmm. thats it's not just that. That's a wildly simplified description of cancer. It bypasses but, the three Gs. Yeah, you actually know stuff like this. I don't. <laughs> I know the many angled ones, kind of. Okay. I don't even know. I know Doctor Strange, okay? Um, That's all I need. <laughs> However, the entity uh, Shumagorath and his various allies are rendered inert by the conceptual form of death, a.k.a. Thanos' girlfriend, and are trapped in the Cancerverse when it's destroyed. Shumagorath survives and once again attempts to uh, invade Earth, but is stopped by the superhero team, the Avengers, with the Spear of Destiny. Oh, interesting. Which I didn't know about the Spear of Destiny in Marvel. In DC, it's uh, used to control people with superpowers. Uh, during the 2013 Infinity storyline, Thanos' servant, Ebony Ma, who I believe is a psychic lady? They're kind of forgettable. Thanos' Black Order. Uh, wasn't Ebony Ma Squidward in the movie? Oh, he might have. Yeah, 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 I think so. 
No, I think that's Obsidian's. I don't know. As I said, I can't tell them apart. Um, uh, Obsidian Call is the big like, oh, bruiser okay. guy. Anyways, Ebony Ma, who I believe is a lady. Oh, nope, it's the guy you're thinking of, yeah. Manipulates Doctor Strange into summoning Shumagora to the streets of New York. Oops. However, it is confronted by Luke Cage and his team of New Avengers. A hero known as the Blue Marvel, who is pretty much... I hate to just call him Black Superman, but being black is a major part of Blue Marvel's story. And he's got Superman powers. Arrives through the scene of the battle by flying through Shumagorath's head, destroying his physical manifestation. Uh, Shumagorath's astral body possesses a crowd of people in New York and attempts to recreate itself on Earth. However, it's weakened through mystical attacks by Power Man, who is not Luke Cage. A, a kid who can manipulate chi energy. Okay. Starts calling himself Power Man. And the White Tiger, and is finally banished by Monica Rambeau, who penetrates Shumagora's eye as a ray of light and disperses the entity with from within. Hmm. She is uh, Monica. She's the the lady from um, uh, WandaVision. Oh, okay. That got powers by entering through Wanda's. Yeah, that's not how she got powers in the comics, but it's the same person. Cool. Monica Rambeau. She, she could have been turn. Spectrum at the time. I think this is where she takes on the name Spectrum. Okay. But uh, yes, right around that time. She can turn herself into various forms of energy, electricity, light, yada, yada, yada. Dormammu informs Doctor Strange later that... Dormammu. That it was Shumagorath who had destroyed the home planet of a character known as the Imperator, leader of the Empirical, which was an anti-magic cult that came up way back in our Doctor Strange episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Empirical then dedicate their life to destroying magic in every universe and do a pretty good job before eventually being stopped by Doctor Strange. They also manage to beat the piss out of uh, Shumagorath, where it retreats to its home dimension. However, the fight is won when Doctor Strange banishes Dormammu to Shumagorath, who's visibly wounded and seeking revenge. Hmm. Dormammu appears again fine later, but Dormammu gets banished and beaten up a lot, so, you know. And this brings us to our last one, and oddly, our most confusing one, which is wild, because I just tried to explain Shumagorath, the one below all. Also known as Cosmic Satan. Okay. <laughs> that name's more on the nose. <laughs> <laughs> the one below all, or Cosmic Satan, you choose. He's... Basically that, you know, I'm going to do, I don't usually do another quote on this one, but this is a pretty good one. I howl through many mouths. I break with many hands. They are themselves, but they are also me. I have all the power you give me and my weapon is hate. So in the Marvel Universe, the one above all is basically God. Okay. It's not necessarily the Christian God, you know, sent his only begotten just, son. Just God. It is... The ultimate spirit of reality. It's only ever appeared one or two times. Even Thanos, who likes to like beat up Eternity, the living representation of the universe, wants nothing to do with the one above all. Like that is playing too big and high, even for Thanos. Interesting. Okay. They are the supreme ruler of the multiverse and the supreme embodiment of creation and compassion. However, if there is one of those, there needs to be Equal opposite. the exact opposite, and that is the one below all. Now, if you read the most recent Defender series, which everyone should, because it's freaking great, and also by Al Ewing, uh, when you go back to the very first Cosmos, God, I'm going back to like all our earliest episodes. We mentioned 
in our very first episode that we live in the, I believe it's the eighth cosmos. Something Seventh like that. cosmos. Yeah. Which is the seventh version, like Big Bang, Big Crunch, yada, yada, yada. Um, Go listen to that episode. We get it right then. Magic appears in the fifth. In the very first one, all of reality is just these two beings in eternal constant battle. Okay. Which is the one above and below. It's not confirmed, but that's my running theory. It's okay. also... It's Mork and Gork. No. <laughs> yeah. No, we're not doing 40 games here. You already got me to do a Channel Nerdery episode. <laughs> Mork and Gork are life. <laughs> the one below all resides in the lowest point of reality, known as the below place. It's also referred to as the lowest level of hell. Like, it is Mephisto, the ruler of hell, and a nasty dude. We don't like go down eight there. Or nine levels above him, being like, cool, I don't mess we with don't that. We don't go down there. Uh, the one below all is the source of what is known as the third form of gamma, gamma radiation, which is the kind of gamma radiation that creates hulks and the leader and the He's abomination. The s- and source of that? He is the source of that. So a hulk is basically one of his demons. Kind of. Got it. Okay. The one below all doesn't have a personality, but it does have a desperate desire to destroy everything. Uh, there, it's uh, the the gamma creatures are his avatars, not necessarily his demons, but they're like you know powered by him. Embodiment of what? Yeah, kind of like how Moon Knight is to Kanshu, mm-hmm. but Hulk. Cool. Uh, but anyways, one below all doesn't have personality. Does want to destroy all things. Wants to doesn't want there to be a multiverse. Doesn't even want there to be death. They just wants nothing. The one below all complete entropy. However, he begins to develop a personality thanks to abusive dad extraordinaire, Brian Banner, the father of Bruce Banner, the Hulk. While working on gamma radiation, Brian Banner had a dream vision of the one below all and sensed the creature looking at him. This experience prompts him to pull out all of his research and uh, stop all gamma investigation. It doesn't get him to stop beating his son at all, though, because Brian, again is the worst. Brian's son, Bruce, investigates gamma radiation on his own and develops the powerful gamma bomb. When the bomb goes off, it opens what is known as the first green door. Okay. The green door is what the source of gamma comes through and is literally a gateway to hell. The hell. To the below place. Yeah. The opening of that green door is what transforms Bruce into the Hulk for the very first time. But he doesn't know about the one below? He does not. So he was just, this is a byproduct. He, he just there. thought that he was transformed by the gamma radiation. Which is true. It's like the, uh, it's like the door of truth in FMA. Okay. That sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Years later, Bruce kills a revived Brian during the chaos war. And uh, Brian's soul is plunged into the below place. The one below all joins with Brian and uses his personality as its own, which is not a good thing when you are the thing that desires all entropy and you merge yourself with an abusive child beater. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, That's not good. They begin opening uh, green doors and possessing various uh, gamma-powered mutants, including Jailbait, who was... I don't know what her powers are even. She was a Whoa. she was a minion created by uh, the leader. That was the name. Mm-hmm. Jailbait okay. and her boyfriend Hotshot. <laughs> okay. She has the power of psionic force field generation. So I don't know why 
jailbait, I think is just problematic. That's fair. Whatever. Her boyfriend, Hotshot, is forced to tie her to a chair because she's being controlled by the devil uh, and ends up holding up a church and uh, kidnapping the priest to force her to perform last rites on jailbait. While arrested, he's ranting the jailbait was possessed by the devil and that he saw a green door. That's right. It's a really cool issue, as weird as that sounds. That sounds really good. Now, um, before I go any farther, as I said, some of this will not make any sense or it will kind of, it will sound dumb, but it's really cool because Al Ewing is this generation's Grant Morrison. Haha, this time I get to say something that you get, but you don't. Um, which means that he writes wild, absolutely brilliant things that make you sound... Crazy. Just soups goofy when you try to explain it out loud. I like that. When Sasquatch is killed in a bar fight... Okay. Starting off on? <laughs> <laughs> no, we haven't even gotten to the wild stuff. Sasquatch is a member of Alpha Flight who was attempting to recreate some of Bruce Banner's experiments. He was Bruce Banner's jockey college roommate. I just imagined the real Sasquatch dying. In no, he turns into a Sasquatch. That's his yeah. thing. That's awesome. He also keeps getting possessed by the Sasquatch gods, Tanarak. Um, that sucks for him, I guess. I'm probably wildly misrepresenting, but I did not do research on Sasquatch for this. No, I'm pretty sure you're pretty dang close. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't expecting Sasquatch today. <laughs> Brian possesses Sasquatch and sends him on a, a, a murder rampage. Hulk intervenes and drains Walter's gamma power. Walter Langowski is the name of uh, Sasquatch to stop him, which inadvertently passes Brian's possession onto the Hulk. The one below, the one below all, has Brian nudge the Hulk into traveling to the Los Diablos military base, which is the place where the Gamma Bomb had detonated in the first place. Oh, we should also say during this, this Hulk is known as the Devil Hulk. Okay. It is a much smarter personality. He's not Bruce Banner smart, but he's super crafty, pretty intelligent, and wants to kill all life on Earth. Okay. No, hence the name. Mostly because Bruce was all messed up. He's like the childhood, like I will push everyone away to protect Bruce, part of Bruce's uh, disassociative identity disorder. Sure. Yep, that's what we're going to go with. (laughs) The Hulk sees through the one below all's plan, saying that name repeatedly is just not easy. (laughs) But when Absorbing Man intercepts him, he drains the Hulk's gamma energy, transferring the possession by Brian to himself. So Brian went from possessing Sasquatch to possessing Hulk to possessing the Absorbing Man. The Absorbing Man. That's his... The Absorbing Man is a big idiot bald guy who carries a ball and chain, and he can take on the property of anything he touches. So if he's touching titanium, he can turn into titanium. And when he's touching into Hulk, he can seal all his gamma radiation. <laughs> That's exactly how I imagined him looking, too, and I've never read about him. <laughs> he's even got, like, the old-school jail stripey pants in some versions. <laughs> And his head kind of looks like an egg. So he touches water, he turns into water. Wasn't he also played by Sam Elliott at one point? The Absorbing Man? No, that's not Sam Elliott. Sam Elliott played uh, General Ross in the first Hulk movie. Oh. That was a long time ago. In the very first Hulk movie from the early 21st century, the Absorbing Man and Brian Banner are mixed together to be the same person. Interesting. Okay. Um, It's not great. No. <laughs> When the guy who made the movie's like, I'm not a big fan of superheroes, you've just, you're not, don't he make that. He said that? Yeah. <laughs> Why pick this project? <laughs> I assume money, but, um. 
we end up with a really weird body horror looking Hulk. This entire book is super body horror because he's like skinny, emaciated skull and uh, uh, flesh and bones. Interesting. Skin and bones Hulk. Anyways, Absorbing Man absorbs all of the gamma. Hulk is super creepy, skinny, dying Hulk. And all That's of That's his official trademark superhero name at that point. <laughs> he has creepy, skinny, dying Hulk. <laughs> he crawls at you super fast. Uh, and when they hit the area where the original gamma bomb had been detonated, Absorbing Man uses all the ambient gamma, gamma energy in the area to open a green door, plunging everyone at the scene to the below place. Where we do see the one below all his true form, where he is a green cloud monster. Damn. I mean, they shouldn't have shown him. Not that's really. Just, that's just bad horror. Uh, when the Hulk arrives at the below place, he's split from Bruce Banner, which seems to be an ongoing thing in the below place. The different personalities get their own forms. Okay. Brian takes Bruce captive with the intention to make him the new vessel for the one below all and bring Earth to the below place. Just bring the whole place there. Why not? While making his way through the below place, the Hulk is confronted by... Uh, fake versions of Rick Jones and Thaddeus Ross. Rick Jones being Hulk's buddy, the guy who... The reason Hulk was in the place where he was infected by the gamma bomb is they're, they're testing a bomb. Got it. Testing the gamma bomb. And then they see someone had wandered into the do-not-go-there area because he's a 60s edgelord kid. So Bruce Banner drives out there and grabs the kid and tosses him down into a ditch, which I guess saves him. But Bruce is hit by the gamma bomb and transforms into the Hulk. Okay. Thaddeus Ross is Bruce's wife's dad, Thunderbolt Ross, the general who is trying to capture the Hulk all the time. Uh, however, these manifestations of Rick Jones and Thaddeus Ross piss off the Hulk enough that he the Savage Hulk personality emerges. The Savage Hulk being the leave Hulk alone, Hulk as strong as there is, mm. Hulk smash Hulk. Uh, the One Below All summons a horde of demons whom the Hulk confronts along with the Rick Jones manifestation and Gamma Flight member Puck, who is also there and just hasn't really come up that much because he wasn't that important, convinces the Absorbing Man to set things right and they approach Brian in the Fountain of Gamma Energy where he's holding Bruce. The Absorbing Man soaks up the Gamma Energy and transfers it into the Hulk, allowing him to, you know, become full-on tough guy Hulk again and not creepy emaciated Hulk. You mean creepy, skinny, dying Hulk? Yes. Damn, <laughs> damn, 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 damn. damn. Um, <laughs> just as he's about to be overwhelmed by demons, Hulk unleashes a thunderclap, which is just Hulk clapping. I love you that. see it a couple of times, Hulk claps, and it creates a wave. Yeah, it's called the thunderclap. That's awesome. The uh, sound of one Hulk clapping. Which <laughs> Jesus Christ, Tyler. Which disperses the one below all. With his power regained, Hulk merges back with Bruce Banner and closes the green door behind him, sending everybody to the, on the scene back to Earth. The next time we see the one below all is in the far, far future, where he has managed to destroy the soul of Bruce Banner and possess the body of the Hulk. Then he goes on to kill the likes of Franklin Richards, Galactus, Mr. Immortal, and anyone else who is left at the very end of the universe. Wow. Now, the thing to remember, because we've discussed this about Galactus... The last person alive in the last universe becomes Galactus. Becomes the basically the Galactus of the next universe. So the son of the Fantastic Four should be the next one. Franklin Richards, yes. yes. When the sentience of the eighth cosmos comes to greet what he thinks is Bruce Banner, he finds out that it's whoopsie, the one below all possessing Hulk, and is quickly devoured and absorbs those powers. Oops. The ninth cosmos, the new cosmos, is born, and the one below all uses this power from eating the last universe to turn into a Hulk-like Galactus named the Breaker of Worlds. 
and for the next 10 billion years, the Breaker of Worlds destroys all life, light, planets, and, co and anything in the cosmos, rendering it a dead universe. One of the last living aliens, and I literally cannot pronounce this name because it's P-A-R, the symbol for percentage, I, because there's a thing of like, it's the far future, we're going to show like weird complicated things. We'll toss in the occasional symbols that when we like hit the shift key. <laughs> yeah. Per percent I? Tries to contact the breaker rolls being like, hey, maybe don't kill everything. Just don't do that. Um, and instead meets the abstract form of the one below all, which told him it wanted to make, or told here, H-I-R, which I guess is the pronoun for future ninth cosmos mm. alien thing, that it wants to make all hollow as I, dark and dead as I, and then kills the thing, destroying all life in the multiverse, he finally achieves his ultimate goal. Right. However, before here dies, par percent I, I don't know if that's how you print I don't know. The alien. Perry. Perry. We're going to call them Perry. I only have to mention them one more time. <laughs> Manages to send a warning back in time to the eighth cosmos, where it is intercepted by the gamma mutated villain, the leader. The leader is like the Hulk, but the gamma powers make his brain bigger. Okay. The leader's dope. Yeah, yeah, actually, it's pretty dope. I just imagine this, this bulbous head yes. with a small body. Yes, that's exactly <laughs> it. But yeah. green and with a mustache. Of course the mustache. There's always the mustache, man. <laughs> like, it's a thing. Leader actually decides that this is pretty sweet because he's been investigating the below place and the green door for reasons unknown. He decides that he wants to bring this future into being. The leader, also known as Samuel Stearns, uh, or just Stearns, manages to open a green door and assimilate Brian's soul into himself, obtaining a connection to the one below all, but not being entirely possessed like Brian was. Okay. So he just eats Hulk's dad's soul. I mean... It's not like it's being used for anything, but anyways. It's probably deserved. Uh, with this and the ability to possess Gamma Mutates that he got from this... The leader embarks on a plan to fulfill the one below all's goal to break Bruce Banner. Because for him, honestly, it's much less important that all things are destroyed than it is to be mean to the Hulk. He wants to prove he's the greatest, and the Hulk keeps punching him in the head. Because there's a lot of head hurts. to punch. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the leader manages to enter Banner's mindscape, and he forces Banner and the remains of the Devil Hulk into the below place. He hooks them up to a, quote, strange plant-like structure so they can act as a device to channel gamma, gamma energy into the one below all. However, the leader can't get the device to work, even though Brian Banner could. The leader then learns it's because uh, Brian was possessed by the one below all, and the leader wasn't. After this, the one below all just takes over the leader, much to the leader's displeasure, because he wants to prove he's the best. Okay. The leader proceeds to assimilate Bruce Banner and the Devil Hulk's corpses into himself, enlarging and achieving the One Below All's complete form. After the Hulk, the Savage Hulk, and Joe Fixit, who is the Grey Hulk, who is a mobster, tends to wear a full suit and everything. Nice. Yeah, it's actually a pretty good yeah. look. Uh, arrive in the Below Place to help out, the One Below All tries to assimilate them as well. However, in the real world, they're empowered by the power cosmic, which is uh, Galactus's power. I don't know why. I have not got this far into Immortal Hulk. Joe transforms into a Red Hulk, which is like an angrier Hulk, and this is the only time Bruce Banner's ever been a Red Hulk and manages to escape. 
Uh, now the dominant personality, Joe Fixit, recruits the Fantastic Four to enter the Blow Place through the Forever Gate, along with a woman that's just been kind of helplessly following along for the entire Mortal Hulk series named, by the name of Jackie McGee. When they arrive, Joe and Savage uh, Hulk split into separate beings. Encountering a lead, uh, the leader who is protected by a fortress he's built, the Hulks proceed to rip out a depowered leader from the inside of One Below All, returning the One Below All to its original state as a near-mindless force of nature. Similar to when Job asked God for the reason of his suffering, the Savage Hulk demands to know he, why he is the way he is. Realizing that the entity is nothing more than another entity's Hulk, basically the One Below All is the Hulk of the One Above All, Joe demands that the One Below All show its true face, manifesting the One Above All and enigmatically answers that, the, much like the One Below All itself, the Hulk has served the purpose of the counterweight to their creations, tearing things down so that it can be rebuilt. Hulk destroys Banner Builds, which is kind of an ongoing thing in a lot of 21st century Hulk stories. Hulk asks why, but like an internet troll from old, the one below all simply asks the Hulk the same question, why are you the way you are? Just asks it back to him. And asks the Hulk if he would like to be Geborah or Golakab, which I do not know what that means. I think it has... I don't know. I, shouldn't, I should have just skipped this part, but here we all are. Hulk realizes that he's chosen his own role through his actions, basically the fact that he breaks things all of the time. Uh, and this time chooses to be Gebera, again, don't know what that is, by rescuing the leader, rejecting his role as simply as a counterweight. I don't just destroy. Together with Bruce and Joe, they leave the below place with the leader, leaving the one below all without a personality and as a mere counterweight once more. With the green doors closed, the future of the one below all, where he succeeds and destroys everything, doesn't work. Okay. So basically, the one below all succeeds in everything it wants to do. But the alien from the future sends back a warning back to the past. The leader intercepts that warning and goes, that's great, I'm going to help out. And because the leader decided to do that, the one below all fails. Mm. Because the leader just couldn't stop himself. Which is good for us. So we've gone everywhere from the Demo Goblin to the ultimate evil in the universe. Uh, the the Gebra, what was the other one? Hold on. Anyway, that relates to Kabbalah. There's a whole oh, Kabbal there's not... a whole Kabbalistic theme that's wove throughout Immortal Hulk. Gebra okay. and Golakab. Yeah. Kabbalah is really mm -hmm. interesting, but if this made you sound like a madman trying to explain it, don't ever try to tr explain the Kabbalah out loud. <laughs> or do and don't care. <laughs> <laughs> it's mu people much smarter than me. Let's put it that way. Uh, anyways, let's take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll discuss our reading, The Rise of the Midnight Suns. Okay, so, Spirits of Vengeance, Rise of the Midnight Suns. Yeah. <laughs> it's such a good name for such a really forgettable comic book crossover. It was a lot of fun. It was. I enjoyed it, but it's... Okay, so the worst thing we've read is witches. Like, we're not... Yeah, well, there's nothing worse than that. Getting... Uh, mm, but... That um, read. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so it's nowhere near the worst, but it's definitely not anywhere near, like, the best of what we've read either. No, it's way above that. <laughs> <laughs> you're right, you're right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Admittedly, the main reason we're doing this episode, I mean, we did have a few people to cover, but is because I wanted to read this. It was fun. Finally. 
Um, and it seemed as like a fun little kind of intro point to the stuff we have upcoming because, oh, look, vampires and vampire hunters and the Darkhold. And it kind of gave me Dresden file vibes <clears throat> in some of the middle issues with the Darkhold and the the team with Blade. The, the Night Stalkers. And then the rest of it was just like good old fashioned, just we're here, Ghost Rider kicking butt. Like we're Jim Butcher demons. is a big old nerd, so he probably read a bunch of this <laughs> stuff. That makes sense. Uh, I wouldn't compare it to the Scarlet Witch stuff we read, which was really, really good, but definitely I'd say it's above average. Some of it. I mean, the Ghost Rider, I've already talked about how much I like the Danny Rider. Danny Catch Ghost, Danny Ryder, mm-hmm. uh, Danny Catch Ghost Rider stuff. So that stuff was really good. Morbius was okay. <laughs> Night Stalkers, I really liked. I didn't. Really I love hear. the Night Stalkers. <laughs> so I I tried to find a collected edition. I can find the first issue and nothing else. And I didn't overly care for Dark Old Pages of the Book of Sin. I like the character combination that they have there. Uh, but I only read that one issue, mm-hmm. so I don't know if it gets any better or worse. But it definitely it had potential. With the uh, the sort of super super loose team, where it's just a bunch of people having their strings pulled by <laughs> somebody strange. else. I'm like, oh, so it's Marvel's Seven Soldiers. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> uh, Except there's nine of them. Because <laughs> we can't count. <laughs> There is a thing here where I, I like, okay, so and I'm not even knocking the, they're called the Darkhold Redeemers. I'm not knocking the Darkhold Redeemers. I see how they're an interesting thing. They did nothing Absolutely. to help in that final battle. Oh, no. Yeah, they were they completely nothing. useless. We need you nine to defeat them. The old lady. What if helpful. we replace someone with Cap? <laughs> Maybe Thor? <laughs> no. We must have this old lady. Oh, and... And that Ghost Rider and Johnny Blaze got rocked by the Night Stalkers. <laughs> yeah, they did. <laughs> the Night Stalkers will basically be getting an episode of their own coming up. I'm still figuring out how, because a lot of the important characters of the Tomb of Dracula books were all from, you know, Tomb of Dracula. But led into, like, Night Stalkers, you know, Blade has to have his own episode coming mm-hmm. up because he's Blade. 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 Yeah. But, like, Frank Drake and uh, Hannibal King, King are going to need real representation, other vampire hunters. But, like, I don't know how much... I haven't figured out how much yet their story is going to 100% tie in with Blades. So, there, I mean, fair warning, there might just be some overlap, but... Uh, I don't know why I like the fact that, like, he's like, I've got this big gun that I've named. I don't remember what you named him, but, uh... The Exorcist. Oh, it's The Exorcist. Oh, yeah, but I thought he had a, like, oh. woman's name for it, too. The Yeah, they call it Linda. Linda. First, for Linda Blair. Yeah, fair. <laughs> like, awesome. I've got this big gun that I've named Linda. I'm gonna go put on a puffy shirt anytime it's time to fire her. <laughs> why? No reason. I wasn't wearing it any other time of this. It's just <laughs> what you do. Oh, man. That and the fact that Frank Drake was basically illustrated as uh, Johnny Blaze with a puffier shirt and slightly shorter hair. Well, yeah, it was the 90s. (laughs) Yeah. Um, More of a mullet than a full-on ponytail, but uh, they do have this thing of, like, you guys sound like fanatics. Yeah, man, it's Blade. It's It's Blade. Blade. (laughs) (laughs) 
And his two buddies. Who, if Blade's hanging out with, have to be like Blade. <laughs> this is wild. It starts with Blade in a mental asylum attacking someone for dressing up like a vampire. Uh, one of the books that we read, spoiler alert, ends with him in that mental asylum. Mm-hmm. So, But just for dressing like a vampire? <laughs> that's <laughs> more what I'm getting at. And then Doctor Strange manipulates him into just hating all evil, th- like, mystical things instead yeah, of... another reason never to trust Doctor Strange. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it's still funny, though, because even when he's talking with the other Night Stalkers about that, he's still super focused on vampires, and they're like... Every there's a lot of things that go bump in the night, right, Blade? He's like, he's yeah, like, but yeah, vampires. yeah, but vampires <laughs> also <the> us. <laughs> <laughs> I do think it's interesting of like we have to take out all mystical things, like Hannibal there. Yeah, the vampire. You're fine. Yeah, no, it was so fun finally getting to read this. I I, I actually did even while I'm saying it was kind of forgettable crossover. I had a lot of fun with it. It is a kind of crossover we have definitely never read before because we've done stuff like Doctor Strange Damnation where, oh, let's read an issue or two of uh, Scarlet Spider or Iron Fist. Mm. This was one that launched books out of it. The closest we had was uh, Captain Britain and the MI-13 came out of Secret Invasion, but we didn't read all of Secret Invasion. Right. This whole crossover launched three new books. Four new books? Hold on. Morbius... Darkstalkers, mm. Book of Sin, and uh, Blaze and Ghost Rider Spirits of Vengeance, mm. Mm. Mm-hmm. which was just a second Ghost Rider book, also written by Howard Mackey. And I don't, th- I don't know if it lasted very long or if it was just intended to be a like little setup for this series. I do know that they had several crossovers across the various books, and part of me, I don't collect single issues. I just collect the you know trade paperback collections or just trade collections. I do plenty of hardbacks too. Um, But because they refuse to collect these and trade paperbacks beyond this, I might have to just track down the various singles, at least with dark stalkers or night stalkers. That'd be fun. Maybe with Morbius. Morbius was fine. Morbin. (laughs) It was better than the Morbius movie from everything I've been able to put together. Morbin time. Yeah. (laughs) And I actually don't hate Morbius's 90s kind of leather black straight jacket look he has going down. Well, it wasn't bad. How he gets it was was a little... (laughs) But, yeah. (laughs) Goes to a goth fetish place and just spends several hundred dollars. He's like, yeah, this is mine. (laughs) It's hot now. I do like that they do take the time to say he definitely bought it because it's several hundred dollars later. (laughs) Yeah. Um... I like the fact that he still has access to all his money from his scientist days. Like, the government's not like, we should probably watch that. (laughs) It's like, nope, it's mine. I do feel like it's messed up that they killed off his romantic interest, who he'd had, since he appeared in the 70s. And then he, like... Ate her? Eats her. Well, she was already dying. I know, but still. And then it's just (laughs) fine. It just doesn't come up again. Ever. I was wondering if it ever came up again. I'm like, that's a weird detail to include. (laughs) Seems like somebody could do something with this. I don't know. It might. But the only other Morbius of this era that I've read is when he appears in uh, the Maximum Carnage crossover. Mm. (laughs) Because on one side we have, as I mentioned, Carnage and Shriek and Spider Doppelganger. And then on the other side we have Spider-Man and Deathlock and Iron Fist Firestar and 
Black Cat and Morbius the Living Vampire. <laughs> Which is awesome. And Nightwatch, who is a very forgettable Spawn ripoff. Blackout was somehow even more useless. Always. And he's complained about the sun, and she's like, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> you should be strong enough. I don't care how diluted my blood is. It's the sun. Quit whining. <laughs> and yet, I, s- I almost liked him a little better in this. Like... As he's, he's a little just, bit more relatable in this. As he's just gone, like, full on, like, all right, let's do this. I want to be a vampire. Let's kill everything. <laughs> Bites. <laughs> Bites him again in the neck. He's like, eh, I don't care. <laughs> At this point, I'm pretty burned. I'm just used to it. Also, that scene where they're in the graveyard, and he's just pen and stared and started stacking up these people in the mausoleum because he's just going to kill them in the future. That's or really, something that yeah, we don't know. Um, <laughs> that's rough, even for, even for him. Like, I am going to penance stare you, and you're going in here, and, <laughs> and then they all out just as we die. Go. They all get shot. <laughs> uh, Which is that's amazing. Yeah, we we know Dan gets injured because blackout rips out his throat, mm-hmm. but we haven't. The three of us don't have any access to those issues. I'd have to again track down single issues because they've never been collected, and I'm not going to do that. Because that gets real expensive real fast. Yeah. We also, uh, did you notice this, the detective that was the one, like, confronting them in the mausoleum was Bad Landino, which is the name of Vengeance, the other, the purple ghost writer we were talking about. okay. Interesting. Okay. So they were seeding him in before he even became... A a ghost writer. A ghost writer. Also, that worm monster is super cool. Are we back? Uh, that the Darkhold Redeemers? Okay, yeah. Yeah, I did not care for it. <laughs> That's why I like it. <laughs> no, it's well done. Because um, the just imagining being suffocated by a nope. mass of worms. Wait, so the worm monster was cool until the end was, and I summoned birds. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that was the dumbest thing ever. She I was like, wait, what? Detective pulls a gun out. Old lady pulls a gun on the detective. Don't shoot. I was expecting, she like, can't shoot either. flamethrower. <laughs> flamethrower makes a lot of sense. No. Birds. <laughs> so stupid. Because what happens if he shoots? She can't shoot him because that'd make her a bad guy. And then it just scared the birds more. So she, it was, she wasn't going to do anything. Well, if you are curious, that entire series is on the Marvel Unlimited app. And I do have the collected edition. So I can just lend it to you. It looks The Dark World's coming up soon. So we will be discussing. Ah, yes. That's not the book we'll read for it. But like. I'll read the Dark It's Holds. there. Yeah. <laughs> Hell, we can read both Dark Hold books. That's fine. I'll read the dark hole. <laughs> don't, don't, don't do that. It'll be a good time. No, this was more just fun than anything, mm-hmm. but I legit like super, super enjoyed it, even though it is a mess. You enjoyed it, is it more really than I did. I definitely crossover. get why you enjoyed it. Yeah. It uh, is a really badly told crossover too. The pacing on it is wild. It, it seems like it's going to be more of a team book until like, four issues in when you realize the team really isn't coming together. They don't come together to the last issue. <laughs> yeah. They then, did release a series called uh, Midnight Suns Unlimited, which was just like a collection of stories involving these characters. And I don't know if they're always together or if it's just like, and now a short story about Morbius and his orb. Well, I flipped um, through at least one of them and it was uh, old school blade, which was kind of funny. Oh, that is good. I love old school blade. My question is here, they know, like, Doctor Strange knows so many 
Everybody? Yes, but I was thinking of, like, the way to put it, like, of uh, uh, occult heroes and stuff. Mm-hmm. You have the son of Satan on speed dial. Yeah. And, yeah, he's kind of a jerk during this period, but, like, he's around. Isn't, aren't they, isn't he related to Lilith, though? Possible. No. 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 Oh, Lilith you're claimed, right. Okay. Lilith yeah, yeah, claimed no. to have babies with Mephisto, but who hasn't she had babies with? But uh, Hellstrom's mother was a human woman. Oh, you're right. With the tattoos and, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Warnells, for that part that's going to stick in. <laughs> Mac is going to be like old in the old folks' home, not remembering most things' names, but he's like, I once read about a woman who had tattoos in her hoo ha. Give birth to the demon son of Satan. <laughs> All right, Mac, we're going oh, back in the room. I miss, De- <laughs> I miss Damon Hellstrom already. <laughs> this would have been a lot closer to when that Damon Hellstrom series launched. And uh, uh, the guy who wrote Morbius, Len Kerminsky, was, I believe, the initial writer for that Hellstrom series. Mm. Okay. Or at least one of the ones from before Warren Ellis took over and completely reinvented the book in an issue. But like, oh, another bird. He knows the gargoyle. Doc Strange just could have called in like... Anyone? Gargoyle. <laughs> he has a buddy that's literally named Demon Slayer. Or Devil Slayer. I don't remember which it is, but still. He's... You could have sent Wong. <laughs> I don't know if they were on talking terms at this time. I he think this is have, after... He still could he have sent Wong. Say, he still could have sent Wong, because <laughs> that's would just who do Steven it. is. Yeah. And... Yes, but this might have been during the time where Wong was actively trying to kill him. He still could have sent Wong. <laughs> <laughs> I still have not heard anything to defeat that point. <laughs> His giant green minotaur buddy is there. He could have sent Rintra. I, yeah, Rintra. <laughs> Rintra would have been a great midnight. I'm not even insulting the Dark Old Redeemers. They're just super useless. They're just humans. For this. <laughs> They're just okay. two people with guns. He could have sent the birds that the Dark Old Redeemers <laughs> used. It would have been more helpful. The yeah. Dark Hold Redeemers, still better than the Dark Holders, also known as random ninjas that pop up throughout this story. No Seratu ninjas now. Nah, I just, yeah. <laughs> I love that panel. She's like, okay, go make them stronger. And he's just over there like, ah, he's coming on him. <laughs> That's the thing I was going to make sure to mention. The Lilin have the most, like, wild 90s designs of, like, all right, time to get some stuff done. Um, that guy can just detach parts of his body at will. <laughs> I don't even know who he was. Okay, Skinner, you look like a large, intimidating man. Um, okay, you went and killed your family and shaved your head and put on half of a Rambo costume? Just half. (laughs) And the names Meat Market. (laughs) (laughs) Meat Market. What was it? It was Meat Market and Skinner and Fang, who was just a super forgettable. And was it Fang or was it like Doctor Fang? I think it was just. I don't know for sure. Oracle wasn't she one of them? Oracle, the one she kept touching the face of, and she's like, "Show me." Yeah, and then there was a woman (laughs) whose name started with N that I can't think of what it was. Curry or something like that, and like priest or whatever. The dude with just the like fetishy priest gear. (laughs) It was like, no, I've left you behind. Oh, pilgrim, 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 Pilgrim. and he's the one who could detach his body parts and just fling him at people. (laughs) 
How was he the best character out of all of those? Because <laughs> he wanted he to wasn't die. Blackout. How was Blackout the best character <laughs> of all of those? Which wild is Skinner appeared last year. That's insane. Not much, and it was in a Vengeance, the Return of Vengeance miniseries. But uh, Blackout didn't even use his power a single time, in, nope. did he? No, He's, he just hung out. He's like, I found mommy. And then died. Yeah. <laughs> but and, then she, and then she ate all of them. <laughs> yeah. Dan Ketch, the world's most white bread ghost writer persona, was more dangerous when he was briefly made into a Lilin. And then they just Does that undid that by putting him back through their, like... Wouldn't he still be partially Lilin? Like, I don't think that's something you just get rid of ever. Uh, he became a Lilin by coming out through this portal. Her, Whoops, we tricked him when he fell hole? back in. Guess he's done. <laughs> He came out of her chest hole, and then the ghostwriter folded her back into her own chest hole. I was hole. about to say, like, that's what <laughs> happened at the end, right? Yeah. Like, they sort of, went, they skip part of it. They they have a panel with the beginning, and then it's over with, and you're like, it's gross. okay. Yeah, it was still Marvel Comics. One, how do you draw that? And two... Oh, it's easy. Um, <laughs> you make a donut. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was wild. It is kind of everything I love about the 90s, like large parts of it are problematic and nonsensical, but you just, they're so like committed to everything they're doing. Look, when I was reading it, I was like, if I do not beat the Midnight Suns game by folding Lilith into her chest hole, I am going to be mad. Zero out of 10, won't play again. If that game does not end with me taking mom and just, <laughs> just folding her in on herself, if she doesn't have a chest hole, do you think I Blackout done. is going to appear? I oh my, that would be so wonderful. No, it could even be I do not think Blackout's going to appear. Just like an Easter egg one-off, like some you, something happens and the screen goes black and then you see text from him but never see him. <laughs> It'd be easy. <laughs> that's it. I think at best we get ninjas. But those were in every game, so that's yeah. fine. I could see what's his name the the guy that hired Blackout originally that led to the face burnings. Oh, um, that, that corporate guy who can like touch you and like yeah, night something. Um, I literally covered him like a month ago. Um, I don't remember. Oh, that his reminds name me. Either. Morbius got pen and stared and didn't. He's like, okay. <laughs> yeah, Morbius is like, yeah, I already know, bro. Can I've, we can we just move on? Like I do this every day, man. Like <laughs> he's pretty chill about it. The penance stare has some wild abilities in this one. Like, thank you for bringing that. Because also, he's like, I need to catch up what's going on. Penance stare! Like, whoa, man! That is supposed to be, like, the ultimate punishment on a human being. And you're just like, here. And then catches him. He's like, oh, nope. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> also, Johnny Blaze's, like, super weird circus that's got, like, a lady with no eyes and a tiny little wolverine dude but without the claws and i think i saw a hover cart in the background of one of those panels and i was super confused yeah, someone definitely had like a floating wheelchair tank in one panel <laughs> um, yeah but yeah that's family it's awesome family <laughs> i get they wanted to bring johnny back as ghost rider but johnny blaze in the 90s with his like circus of freaks and a hellfire shotgun is the best johnny blaze and who's the psychologist witch <laughs> Psychic witch. Psychologist is not a psychic. She's, he says you're the world's most famous witch and psychologist. He yeah, said that. she's both. And I was like, oh, okay. What? And then she just casually talks to Strange like, yeah, well, like we do this every Friday. Like, let's have some tea. What, what's up? Where does Strange find time to sleep? He's the Sorcerer Supreme. He doesn't need to. I don't think that's true. He can just be like, well, I mean, here's some extra energy. I'm here. 
Or I'm just mentally projecting. He knows a pocket in limbo to go like take a nap, and it only <laughs> takes like three seconds out of the normal day. Yeah, perfect. Or he dresses up Wong as him and tells Wong to go to Half the time, it's actually been Wong in Steven costume. <laughs> I put on the wig. It's like, I put on the fake the fake goatee. Please straighten We're good to wig. go. That could explain why in one of the pages, he does look vaguely Asian. And I couldn't tell if it was just like a weird coloring Did choice. Did we just figure out like... a whole new conspiracy theory for Doctor Strange? Wong look, is strange. <laughs> Confirmed. Tyler, look, man, Tyler and I have been making podcast for three years now and we've come up with a lot of really good comic ideas that no one will ever allow us to do. It just want to be awesome. <laughs> Wong is strange. Confirmed. Yeah. <laughs> Stephen Strange actually died 20 years ago. He died at the school. <laughs> he died at the school. And Wong's like, well. It has been Wong ever since. <laughs> Someone's got to stop Baron Mordo. Um... Baron Mordo actually killed him. <laughs> Okay, so who would you put on the midnight? I mean, now that we've, I mean, we're about to get into some of this stuff, but like, I keep Blade. Blade for sure stays. Mm-hmm. You gotta, but like, yeah, if you, you were gonna put on Blade. someone who's not in there, midnight. I feel like Doctor Druid. That'd be decent. Or uh, no, not Doctor Druid, because Doctor Druid's the worst. Brother Voodoo is who I meant to say. Mm. Doctor Druid would get all of them killed immediately. He's dead. Well, not anymore, but he was dead. He might have been dead around this time. Gargoyle. Gargoyle's good. Okay, so if... I would put Hellstrom in here. It would make sense. It would be perfect. If best Johnny Blaze is mid-90s Johnny Blaze, best Dr. Druid is also mid-90s Dr. Druid, where he's a burned corpse in... A dumpster. In a dumpster. Which I love. (laughs) Such a good story. (laughs) What What if it's just like... Uh, back at the base, they have their haunted dumpster that they talk to. <laughs> oh, haunted dumpster. It's like an eight ball. It's just the spirit of Druid. I hate you all. Yeah, we know, buddy. <laughs> well, we don't smell like garbage. <laughs> hey, how did the Avengers go? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah, we pretty I just... much didn't talk about the series at all. We just made fun of stuff, but that's okay. It's... That's what you do when Morbius shows up. Um, now I just want to play the game, but it's not out, so I can't. I'm happy that there's more stuff going into the, this group. They deserve a lot more, like... Yeah, cohesion. I mean, admittedly, most of the stuff of this group is using only... Well, it's using Blade. It's Yeah. If you're doing the Midnight Suns, you use Blade, you use one of the Ghost Riders, and then you use whoever else too. you need. He'd be really fun in this one. Mm-hmm. Ravi would be a good one. Yeah. Robbie, Blade. Who else? Robbie, Blade, Damon. Moon Knight. Moon Knight. Wong. I mean, we've seen it. It mm-hmm. works. Um, Who's the... I forgot. We read it a while ago. Nico? He, he got Ooh, turned Nico into a different... Nico Minoru. Mm-hmm. The Ghost Rider that got turned into the weird Belasco... Oh. Danny Ketch? Yeah. <laughs> As that. the spirit of corruption? The spirit of corruption also would be kind of cool in there. Death Rider? Yeah. Just Magic. Magic. Ileana would just... I mean, so the team that they're putting together for the game? <laughs> yes! <laughs> but without yeah. Captain America, because I don't get why he's there. He wouldn't be there. He, he'd like he you trust him to do their job, but it's like not his thing. <laughs> he's like, that's not me. <laughs> it's all you guys. They put in like Deathlock or something just to make it weird. <laughs> <laughs> He's a cyborg zombie man. It works. <laughs> yeah, awesome. you can do whatever. Werewolf by night. Jack Russell. Man wolf. <laughs> you can really do any mixture of those. The curse of the man thing. 
Oh man, thing. Damien Hillstrom's weird boy anarchist, thing. Anarchist girlfriend, <laughs> Jane um, Cutter. <laughs> yeah, she can oh, she'd there. be so much better than Victoria Montessai. Yeah, because she can and actually again, do something. <laughs> I'm not insulting the Dark Old Redeemer. She has the breathing gun. <laughs> oh yeah, no, <laughs> Jane so Cutter much. would be sweet. Yeah, Jane she'd Cutter just shoot would be awesome. once and be like, we're done. <laughs> What and, up? <laughs> and instead of man thing, you have the blade with boy thing. Who's the British guy from? Uh, well, you don't want me to mention boy thing. <laughs> Uncomfortable to say out loud. Uh, I wonder when he's going to become teen thing. Uh, when we were reading uh, Captain Britain, and there was that he was the one with the glasses and the limo that got blown up, and he was fine, but both the women got killed. Pete Wisdom. There he we is go. a mutant that can throw energy. Ja- <laughs> He'd be kind of fun. Can throw energy daggers from his. Fingers. That'd be a fun crossover. In a crossover. A double crossover. <laughs> he is either working for British intelligence or pissed off and taking out rogue elements of British intelligence at all times. That's like, this is, he's got this two modes. He hates his life. <laughs> it's Black Knight. He would be. He has so I'm going to go with Black Knight, Moon Knight. Um, <laughs> so many Damon what other knights do we got? <laughs> Ghost Rider, uh, Robbie. Ghost uh, Johnny just as Johnny. <laughs> Black Knight, Moon Knight, Werewolf by Night. You know. <laughs> Knight Rider. Yeah. And I mean the TV show. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Michael Knight. Knight and Squire from DC just as a crossover. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Knight Spawn? No, that's Medieval Spawn. That doesn't work. No. I've ruined the joke. Um, it's okay. Okay. I think that's... That's Midnight Suns. Yeah. Uh, Just a lot of fun. So we will be here in two weeks because the subject is getting married. I am the subject. Not to either of us, once again. Again. As far as you Uh, guys know. The listeners. Consent is important, (laughs) Mac. I agree. Um, uh, But when we come back, man, if you thought we made fun of dumb things this time, uh, uh, we will be watching, it'll be movie time again, and we will be watching both Ghost Rider movies so pray for us. Yo, that's going to be a lot of fun. I actually am looking forward to it. It's going to be the better cinematic experience that, that we've ever no, had. absolutely not. <laughs> Might still be better than when we watch Blade Trinity. It will be. <laughs> At least more interesting. Well, that's all the time we have set aside for our lesson today. For those of you staying on the island, the nightly game of poker starts soon. For everyone else, we hope your cruise back to the wild world of nerdery is swift and safe and super fun. Bon voyage. Thank you for listening to this episode of Noob Island. If you like the show, please hit subscribe. Also, if you could rate and review us however you're listening to us right now, that would also be super helpful. As always, we are part of the Earworm Podcast Network and would greatly appreciate it if you could go check out all of our sister shows over at Earworm.com. That's E-A-R-V-V-Y-R-M.com. A big special thanks to Ian Ford for our theme song and music. We'll catch you next time.